Possum Podcast. Toot toot. Big news tonight. Mr. Possum is debuting his brand new catchphrase. Go ahead. That's right. That's right. I'm pretty excited about it, Big Hal. Should we have a snare drum roll for this? That or... sounds like work. What are we going to have to do? Find a snare drum. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, just make a big deal out of it. Make a big deal out of it, you know? Okay, so I'll just say, oh, this is a big deal, everybody. This is big. Um, yeah, pretend that you like see me rounding a corner and I'm holding like my lunch and I've got my sunglasses on. I'm like on my lunch and I'm doing doing busy stuff. And you're like, oh, there's Mr. Possum. Okay, and I'm saying that now. I say that now. Yeah. So you're you're coming around the corner now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's Mr. Possum. Don't bother me. I'm on my lunch. <laughs> Fool. Is that your new catchphrase? No, that actually is better than what my catchphrase is going to be. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. Well, now my catchphrase is going to sound lame, Big Al. All right, I'll tell it to you anyway. You ready? I actually think that's a pretty good pretty good catchphrase for you. It's good. It's way better than what I was trying to build up. Yeah. That makes me so mad. Well, you know, <sighs> what we'll do... We have a Twitter account, obviously, uh, Big Hal, at Big Hal Possum on Twitter. We have a Facebook page, Big Hal and Possum on Facebook. What we'll do is we'll do a couple of polls on, uh, on those independent sites with different people with different points of views, and we'll find out which catchphrase they like more after the fact, you know? All right, well, here's my, here's my catchphrase. Here's what I've been building up. Wait, wait, hold on. So you're coming around the corner. Yep, here I come. And you look real cool, and I know that you're about to say your trademark catchphrase. Yeah. And you're carrying, uh, it looks like a stack of boxes in your hands. Yeah. But you still look cool, even though you have to carry your own stuff. Oh, yeah. And I go, oh, here he comes. He's about to say his phrase, and he says. And then, you know, I've got my arms full of stuff, Big Al, and then, like, I just take my head, and I flip it down to where the sunglasses kind of come down on the edge of my nose like Mr. Santa Claus, and I go... Here it comes. Are you ready? Yeah. I go, would you like to play a game? <laughs> wow. Oh, that is good. That's pretty good. That is good. And it turns out all the boxes in your hands are different games. Yeah, I was ready for this, it turns out. Yes, that is so good. I love it. I love your new character. I love your new uh, persona of the, what would you be like, the gamesman, the games possum? Maybe, you know, but I've got a funky new look and a funkier attitude. I'm sort of nasty. What I love about the the catchphrase, would you like to play a game? It has all the information there that you need, which is you have games and mm-hmm. someone can play them. And there's also implied in it, if you don't feel like playing a game, you don't have to. This guy's not going to yeah. force you to play a game. This guy's not going to tie you up and, you know, or chain you to a radiator somewhere and make you play a game. That's that, that's not what that phrase calls to mind, you know? Yeah, it's more like you're missing out and you know it if you don't play a game. Can we hear it one more time, Mr. Possum? Yeah, all right. Sunglasses flip down. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> oh, yes. And boy, my head is cocked. Yeah. I'm giving you some sassafras. Well, and the answer, if I may speak on behalf of our listeners tonight, the answer, Mr. Possum, is yes. Of course. Good. We would love to play a game. Everybody loves playing games. No matter what the Mm -hmm. game is, no matter what the stakes are, we want to play a game. So tonight's show is all about games, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
It's game night. It's on. Big Hal, tell us about one of your favorite games. All right, the first game I want to discuss tonight is Vibrating Tennis. What now? Vibrating Tennis. Okay. Sounds perhaps a bit risque, but it's not. This is a board game that I played all the time when I was a kid, but I still like to bring it out at dinner parties and maybe during the U.S. Open, you know, celebrate a little bit. All right, vibrating tennis. How's that played? Well, you have a vibrating tennis court, and you set it on the dining room table, and then you put a tennis guy or gal on one side and a tennis guy or gal on the other side. You know, you can paint your own figurines if you want, but we just use the default figurines that came with the game. Uh-huh, yeah. um, they're kind of in different tennis poses with their racket either up in the air or to the side doing a forehand. And then you drop a tennis ball in the middle and then you turn that puppy on and the, uh, the vibration takes over and you just see who wins the tennis game. So it kind of looks like two people playing tennis during an earthquake. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, the play is not super realistic, but the idea is just that the vibration causes the figures to move around in a sort of fashion like they might do if they were playing tennis. But it's very, very rare that you get any kind of, like, natural tennis point. I mean, it would be very difficult for that tennis ball to bounce off of the racket and go all the way over the net. Yeah, you're creating a world where tennis is hard as opposed to easy. Right, right. It's tennis on hard mode. And so... uh Because of that, usually the way one person will win is just when the other figurine falls off of the vibrating table. Oh, okay. So it's like sumo wrestling kind of. Yeah. And you're going to want to have a, you're going to want to have a ref there, preferably in a very high chair, but you don't have to have that. Uh, And they just, you know, they'll go out, they'll shout out. And they'll point at the one that, uh, the, at the side that lost. And then the side that lost, the person who's on that side will probably stomp around and make a big deal about the fact that they lost a point or that they thought it was unfair or whatever. Just like regular tennis, but it's a game, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's a kind of tennis you can play in your home. Exactly. I like it. It's very cute. It's very cute, Big Owl. And you, and you said you bring this out yeah. all the time, don't you? I do like to bring it out. I bet your guests very much look forward to it when you bring out the old vibrating tennis cord. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. <laughs> Thank you for saying all of that in the most condescending fashion you could muster, Mr. Possum. Uh, <laughs> now I'm going to ask you, what's a game you'd like to discuss tonight? Well, uh, the first game i like to share is it's called Bug Life. Bug Life, Bug Life. huh? Yeah, yes, sir. You're familiar with the the famous American board game Life. Game oh yes, Life. we've actually played that together, you and me, Mister Possum. Yes, uh, yes, we have. It's a classic game, good for families or for friends, or in our cases, you know, co-workers. You well, know. yeah, I was trying to show you sort of like certain steps you could take towards having a conventional or livable life. Yes, and I learned a lot. I ignored a lot, but I learned a lot. I did. But what I like to do with bug life is I like to get that same board game, that game of life, and I put it in like an empty fish tank or something like that. You know, one of the little cages you put lizards in. Right. And then I just drop a bunch of bugs in there and worms and stuff, and I watch them live their life. And it's bug life. Okay. So that's interesting. So you're kind of pitting 
all of the different kinds of bugs against each other. So like a butterfly might live a different kind of life than a beetle does or, a, you know, a snail. Of course it would, Big Hal. Of course. But I'm not pitting them together. You know, they're all playing the game of life. They're all just kind of crawling over the cars and the families and the churches just like we are. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just kind of out there doing stuff, just trying to do their best. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, ain't, I ain't trying to tell them to fight to the death or nothing. I mean, But you think it's cool when they do fight to the death? Look, it does happen, and I'm not going to say, hey, break it up. You know, I'm not going to do something like that because, you know, that's not the way real life works. There's uh, no one th- nobody there to pull you out of trouble. If you get in trouble, that's your mess to clean up. So there's no cops in the game in the game of bug life. Well, yeah, there's cops, but they got their own laws. I don't make their laws. The bees are the cops. <laughs> and like the queen bee, she's like the chief. Are there any bugs in there in particular, Mr. Possum, that you are rooting for? Oh, I think I'm rooting for the worms, Big O. You're rooting for the worms. Yeah, because they're rooting for me. Toot toot. Rooting through the dirt and stuff. Dude, are important, ain't they, Big Hal? Yes, games are very important. Not only are they fun, but they help us develop skills. They help us understand strategy. They help us uh, understand our friends' strengths and weaknesses so that we can probably use those against them later on in life if we need to. Yes, it's it's a practice to dominate your friends. That's the best part about a game. You said it. What's your next game you're going to talk about? I'd like to talk about a great strategy game. That I've been playing for years with a group of guys. It's called Settlers of Catan. Ah, yes, yes, I've heard of this. You've heard of it? Have you ever played yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I play. I play Catan. Uh huh. <laughs> You've played Catan. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and describe it then, if you've if you've played it? Well, you know, you and a bunch of settlers are on this land, and you're kind of trading goods and. Oh, I'll give you some wheat. Oh, you give me what's in your barn. I'll give you what's in my barn. And then you kind of end up kind of owning land and, oh, you know, I all see. that stuff. So you've played the knockoff version. You're talking about the, the little board game, the table game, Settlers of Catan. That's what you're talking knockoff. about. Knockoff? Yeah, oh, yeah I played the board game. Uh-huh. Okay. Because uh, I play the original Settlers of Catan. What's the original? Which is a similar uh, strategy game of resource management and land procurement, but it's played on the body of SNL cast member Chris Kattan. Oh, okay. So on the body of Chris Kattan, I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're settling different regions of Chris Kattan's body as he sort of uh, lies there in front of you. Right. So you're like, oh, I'll... I've settled here in the throat of Chris Kattan. This is where I live. That's not a bad spot. You have access to the mouth, and then you have the planes of the chest. You can kind of just hold control over those. Uh, not a bad spot. Now, the problem with Settlers of Kattan is that not only do you have to find a knight 
where you and all your uh, all your strategy game loving buddies can get together and play this uh, pretty long game. But it has to be on a night where Chris Kattan can also be there. You have to factor him into your scheduling as well. Oh, you're playing on the actual living body of Chris Kattan? The game does, yes, have to be played on the living body of Chris Kattan. Oh, my gosh. And he just kind of lays there, huh? Well, yeah, ideally. Um, ideally, he lays there. Sometimes he gets up, got a mind of his own. A few times when we've been playing, he's, uh, yeah, he's had to get up uh, to go to the bathroom or grab a snack or something. and That's rude. That's, it's kind of frustrating. Um, we try to just remember where all our pieces were. Take a picture, I guess. If he gives you a heads up, you can take a picture. But he does, char- he charges for the pictures because he's Chris Kattan, you know. Hey, Mr. Possum. Yes, sir. What's the next game you would like to discuss? My next favorite game I'm going to talk about is America's Game, Big Al. That's right, Jeopardy. Oh, I thought America's Game was Wheel of Fortune. No, it ain't Wheel, it's Jeopardy. It's America's Game. Okay. This is Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. I'm kind of surprised that you like it. I would think you'd think it was for nerds. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of nerds in Jeopardy, but I love it. You know, there's there's a place for me in the Jeopardy world. Yeah, like that third dumb guy that's on there all the time that loses. No, I don't want to be on the game. That is for nerds. What, are you going to sit there and note stuff? No, no, no. Oh, I see. I want to be one of them characters that lives in the in the clue boxes and does adventures, you know? Sometimes they'll get a category, and they'll be like, oh, this whole category, uh, Sharon's going to be talking to us from SeaWorld. And you're like, ooh. I see. I see. Okay. So you want to be a video clue host or whatever they're called. He's going to be like, and here's Possum with the clue. And I'll be like, hey, Alex, I'm shrunk down in a horse's mouth. And boy, is it dry in here. This horse needs a drink. The Kentucky Derby is held in this city. And then they'd be like, nerds. So they'd be like, what? It's Louisville. You know, they know it. But then there's me out there living my life, shrunk down in a horse's mouth like I always wanted to be. Man, I don't I don't even know where to start with this. I, you don't actually live inside the box that they cut to. That's a video screen, and they go to a, one of many locations around the world. And I will mention to you, Mr. Possum, that they tend to hire these people based on both the information that they know and their ability to convey that information clearly with their mouths, which is not one of your strong suits, if I may be so bold as to point that out. Ooh, that is bold, Big Al. I'm on the radio. That's very insulting to say. That's not my strong point to communicate. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, you're funny, though. Yeah, I'm funny. I think if it was like a funny version of Jeopardy, where it didn't matter what the answers are or something like that, if it was a game where people just pointed and laughed at the funny possum, that would maybe be more up your alley, I think. Ooh, that would make Jeopardy better. If be, I bet people would like that. They'd be like, I used to kind of like Jeopardy, but now since it's all about pointing and laughing at the funny possum every night, like, I don't know, it's just me or is Jeopardy like way tighter? Is it like way tighter now? Come on. 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 Come on.
What you got for us? Mr. Possum, the next game that I would like to discuss is Seinfeld Trivia. Ooh, fun. Yeah, I'm a big fan, of course, of the show Seinfeld and a big fan of TV trivia in general. It's a great way to get together with uh, friends or people at a bar somewhere and just um, kind of nerd out on all your favorite moments from one of your favorite shows, you know? Oh, Seinfeld trivia, though? I would whoop you so good, buddy. You think you could outsmart me in Seinfeld trivia? Oh, yeah. You think you know more about Seinfeld than I do? Uh, let me check. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I happen to have some of my Seinfeld trivia cards right here. We could, uh, we could test this out, Mr. Possum. All right, okay. Yeah, I'm going to grab four cards out of my Seinfeld trivia card box. I'm going to ask you these in the order I drew them. And the way Seinfeld trivia works, or at least this game, this version of it, I'm not going to tell you if you're right until we get to the end of the last card. Okay? Oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah, sure. You're not going to know how you're doing until we get to the last card. Okay? All right. Okay. I'm ready. So four, four questions. Let's see how you do. All right, and the first question on the first card is, what is Seinfeld? Well, it's a show about Jerry Seinfeld. He's a comic, and he's got kooky buddies that come over to his apartment at the bagel place, and they just kind of hang out, and it's funny. Okay. Interesting. All right. Second card. Who is on Seinfeld? Uh, it's Jerry Seinfeld, Big Hal, and they got that guy from Problem Child, Smiley Pass guy, he plays Kramer. Then you got the guy from Pretty Woman, he plays George. Uh, then you got Elaine Bennis, and, you know, it's all them folks. Mm-hmm, okay, and that's your final answer to that one. Yes, I feel firm on that, Smiley okay. Pass. Next card. When is Seinfeld on? Uh, it's on the night, uh, Thursday nights. On Thursday nights, when it used to be on, now it's syndicated, Big House, so you can kind of catch it whenever you want. It's always on TV. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, interesting. All right. And the final question for Mr. Possum tonight. Is there an episode of Seinfeld that you would recommend? Someone start with, if they'd never seen it before. And you just read that off the card, huh? Yeah. You sure about that? That's what it says here on the card. It says, huh. is there an episode of Seinfeld that you would recommend to someone who hasn't seen it? Well, I guess I'd have to say it's the Kenny Rogers Roasters episode. It's where Kramer lives next to the Kenny Rogers chicken place, and he gets obsessed with eating it. And there's a neon sign that makes his apartment all red and crazy, and he's just rocking in the bed eating chicken. It's so funny. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, you did pretty well there, Mr. Possum. I think um, I think you got four out of four. It's pretty good. That's awesome. So I won. No, no, I did this earlier, and uh, I got um, I actually did five cards, and I got all of them right. Well, 
I'll be. Uh, is there a game that you'd like to discuss now that you're better at than that one? Oh, I got a little game I like called b-ball. Basketball, big owl. Not baseball. Basketball. No, no. People call it b-ball. People only say basketball when they're explaining to their friends what b-ball is because maybe some of their friends ain't as cool, you know? But me and my friends, we're cool. We do lots of different dunks, and we name them, and that's the best part of basketball is dunking. Yeah, dunking is pretty cool. So you can dunk. Oh, yeah. I'm an innovative dunker. I've taken dunking to a new level. A lot of people have said stuff like that. Yeah. I invented a a, a, a dunk called the raunchy leg. <laughs> I got one I really like called Boris Smeltzen. That one's tight. Can I ask what the raunchy leg is? No, you may not. Okay. But I'll tell you what Boris Smeltzen is. Okay. That's where I kind of hop up and sort of use your head to bounce myself higher. Like I bounce my butt on top of your head and then I boing up to the rim and then I dunk it. Okay. Now it sounds like I need to be in on that. Otherwise, uh, I'm not going to be prepared to bounce you off the top of my head. Oh, no. The Boris Meltzer is against your will. That's what makes it so good. People don't just crumple under your weight? No, there's a certain way to to, to bounce off their head where you just kind of like boop. You know, you just got, it's easy to do it if you're, if you practice it and if you're good at b-ball. But like, yeah, I just kind of bounce my butt on top of your head and then I dunk it and it's a Boris Smeltzen. Okay. Also, I, I've been in a dunk called the Cookie Lady. And that's where I balance the ball on my head on the way to the hoop. Like it's a basket of cookies. That sounds like it's against the rules. You're supposed to dribble that ball, not carry it. Once you're in the air... Oh, I see. You can put it wherever you want. So I figure, uh, I think I'll put it on top of my head. And then once I get up next to the rim, I'll I'll dunk it in real good. Yeah. And then when I land on the ground, I go, I just dunked a cookie. And it ain't even my milk. It's yours. Points mine. And then everybody gives me high fives. That's why they call it dunking. Because it started out with two old guys, and they was trying to dunk cookies in one another milk, and then one of them said, let's invent basketball. <laughs> and then they did. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. You know what game I love? When you come up behind somebody, and you cover up their eyes, and you go, guess who? Guess who this is, you know, just based on the hands over your face, you know. That's a that's a pretty simple game. That's more like just a... Yeah, it's guess who, yeah. It's almost like a child's game or a, or just or just like kind of a simple goof people play on each other. They're just going to guess you right away, right? Oh, not the way I do it. I mean, the thing is, the, the trick to making this game fun is you don't give up until they get it right. You know, you keep your hands clasped over their eyes until they get it right. I mean, I saw my friend Tucci the other day eating. He was out eating, and Mm -hmm. I went up behind him, and I covered up his eyes, and he just kept guessing and guessing and guessing and getting it wrong, and oh, man, oh, man. He eventually just gave up on guessing who it was, and he just ate his meal with me standing there just covering his eyes behind him. It was so funny. And nobody helped him out. Nobody sitting there 
with him said, oh, you know, it's that guy. It's that uh, one guy from the radio. Nobody did that. No, they didn't want to ruin the fun he was I having. See. Yeah. That's Tucci. That's just Tucci. Have you done anything to disguise your voice or your uh, the, your little paws or, I don't know, the, the way you smell? Have you done anything to mask any of that stuff? No, not really. That'd be cheating. Okay. Because it seems like there'd be a very limited group of people that it could be. You would think so, but he kept on going on and on. He was like, uh, Nick Nolte. I was like, no, ain't Nick Nolte. And he's like, uh, Rooster Cogburn from, you know, you know Jeff Bridges oh, yeah. from the yeah, Cowboy yeah. movie, you know? Right. I was like, no, it ain't Rooster. Keep guessing, fun boy. And he's like, uh, Mama Fratelli from the Goonies. <laughs> right. Yeah, that'd be the next one you'd go for. You know, that old lady, you know, like, you clumsy poop. That old lady. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, oh, the Mucinex booger man. I don't know. And everyone, he, there are so many creatures that I sound like. It sounds like you might be the least famous person Tucci knows. These are all big time celebs. Mama Fratelli, the Mucinex booger. He must have been actually pretty disappointed when he found out it was you instead of Nick Nolte. Come on. Oh, 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 oh. What's the last game you want to talk about that you like? Well, this is one of my favorite games that I'm going to discuss, uh, which is why I've saved it for last. Mm. It's a classic strategy game. One of the greats. It's called 4D Chess, Mr. Possum. Oh, 4D Chess? 4D Chess. Oh, 4D. And that's not and that's not a special chess board that requires 4D batteries, Mr. Possum. That's a chess with a whole other dimension. It's four times as complicated as the original sort of, uh, I, I don't know, sort of primitive game of chess. Oh, there's an extra dimension. What's the extra dimension? The fourth dimension? Yeah, what's that? Is time. Time? You see? You see how much more complicated it's gotten with that added dimension oh, of yeah. time? Oh, it's time. Okay, so can you, like, kind of Terminator yourself back to, you know, the childhood version of yourself and teach yourself chess and get better at it and all that stuff? Is that how it works? No. No, that would be great if you could do that, but uh, that's impossible. We don't have Terminator technology yet. The time dimension, much like the other aspects of the game, is used strategically. So in 4D chess... My strategy, and it's not everyone's strategy, but my strategy is just to see how long the other player can wait for me to actually do something. You just try to starve out your opponent, but you do it with time. Oh, I love it. Yeah, people eventually do have to get up. They have to go do stuff. They have to go to work. They have to go to sleep. They have to eat something. They have to use the bathroom. And that's when I win. Now, do you know how to play chess at all? 3D chess, regular chess. 
Yeah. No. No. No idea. <laughs> I assume it's like checkers. I mean, that's sort of the moves people make are sort of checkers, checkers-like moves. It's squares, and you sit across from each other, and you, and you touch your chin. I know that. Mr. Possum, what's the next game you'd like to discuss? Oh, this is a game I love to take part in. It's an eating contest, Big Al. An eating contest? Yeah, you know, competitive eating. You know, I think some of our listeners, if they are competitive eaters, might might take issue with you defining competitive eating as a game and not as a sport. Well, it's, that's fine for them. It's a sport for them, but it's a game for me, you understand? See, I like to enter myself in all sorts of eating contests. Hot dogs, pies, pizza pies, lemon pies. The classic blueberry pie eating contest, that's the one I always think of. Yeah, I like to get myself entered in all of them. I like to really hype myself up. You know, I got like intro music and I come out wearing a robe and I'm punching the air and stuff. And I bill myself as the ultimate eating machine. You know, I'm just all teeth and spirit. Right. I get up there, everybody's all excited, and they sometimes even put a double helping of hot dogs in front of me because they're like, ooh, I can't wait to see what he does with this. He's an eating machine. He just told us. And then they fire that hot dog pistol and the match begins. Everybody else is just chugging their hot dogs. Buddy, I'm just casually taking my time. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl just sitting there <laughs> eating my hot dogs. Right. And that's how I game the system. I get a free dinner. And I've been doing this for years. The, the trick, the trick to getting away with this is that when you lose, you really got to sell it. You got to look really disappointed in yourself. You got to beat yourself up, you know, because you're, you're billing yourself as this big old competitor. And then you just lost. So you got you to gotta kind of bonk the side of your head with your hand and go, Oh, not this time. Oh, dumb old mouth, you really disappointed me. Oh, the lack of hunger disappoints me here. And they fall for it every time. Right. Because I've got a lot of teeth, and people think, oh, well, he just must be just a chomper. He's a chomper. Get your billfolds out. He's a chomper. We're going to put some money on him. You want to watch an ineffective eating machine? Go to YouTube.com and go ahead and type in possum eating a strawberry. It looks like a clothespin trying to eat a grape. It just looks like it's never going to happen. The Big Howl and Possum Podcast. Toot toot.